Hello, everybody, and welcome to Live a Little, this crazy little podcast about everything and nothing. I'm Pete Pranica, TV voice of the Memphis Grizzlies, joined, as always, by mindfulness guru and educator Greg Graber. Greg, we are drinking Zippin' Pippin' from Ghost River Brewing Company. We're back to having a beer Cheers. during the show. I, I did not know that this was Ghost River. For some reason, I thought it was um, Crosstown, but that's... It's a good beer nonetheless. It is a good beer nonetheless. So we've been on the sober bandwagon. I mean, not personally in our real lives necessarily, but the last three episodes. Well, because we've been recording in the morning because everybody's crazy schedule. So we're actually here in the afternoon at the uh, studios of uh, the World Galactic Headquarters of Pranica Media. And so we're going to talk about what's going on in the world. There's a lot going on in the world, some recommendations. You, sir, have a lot of grievances. I've already warned people via social media that it, we may have an extended grievance airing. That was a brilliant teaser. We've already got a few likes on that. You just put it up. So well, good. it's all about negativity on social media. Apparently. Apparently with, with the way the world is. Um, so what's going on? Well, if you're a Grizzlies fan, you know that everybody's injured except me and Brevin and Fish. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm on the injured list with a bad back anyway. So... Um, yeah, so came back from Los Angeles, flew back yesterday. Uh, next game's going to be in San Antonio on Saturday, but we came back to Memphis rather than stay out on the road, which I'm very, very grateful to not be on the road. Um, Beverly Hills was fantastic. Oh, wait, where'd you guys stay? The uh, Beverly Wilshire. Life is rough. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. No, I'm, wonder I'm you have no, no wonder you have no grievances of <laughs> substance, Mr. Pranica. Oh, wait a second. I do have grievances about Beverly Hills, one in particular. And we'll, 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 we'll get <laughs> the, to... We'll, the blondes are too pretty? Is that No, no. We'll, 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 we'll get to that in a moment. Um, although, it, and this, is not, this will not be a grievance, but hotel workers uh, were striking or protesting for better pay and they were using megaphones and all kinds of noisemakers at 7 in the morning. Wow. That you could hear in your room. Thankfully, they're only allowed, for whatever rules there are, that they could only protest for an hour. So by 8 o'clock, they were done. They're, protesting has rules? That's like saying, wow. Well, what, was, like, what was crazy, what was crazy <laughs> I mean, about it is... Isn't the whole point of protesting to sort of fight the man and the power and the rules? I, there must have been some type of uh, agreement Cease made. Ceasefire, so to speak? Yeah, there must have been some type of agreement made here because what was happening, um, the protesters were even like not just in the driveway of the property. They were in the property Proper only, only in L.A. Only in L.A. You just you just never know. So, uh, so there's that. Uh, since we last visited, we were just talking about it. I had a nerve block for the herniated disc in my back. Some relief, not enough. Gonna need another. Some people need two, maybe three shots before it finally works. Um, shout out to Dr. Carlos Rivera uh, at at Campbell Clinic. I mean, they they do a, just a, a remarkable job with it. It's a super simple process, really. Um, he does an average of like 13 in an afternoon Wow! Because, it, because it's so quick. And what they do is you go in, they gown you up, give you a drip of, of something to like take the edge off. And um, you're, not, you're not, you're, I guess, technically sedated. Sedated such that somebody needs to drive you home. But it, it just, I think it's like propofol, but it's a very, yeah. very, very, very so mild. Gotta be curious. That's what did Michael Jackson in. Well, yeah, he was doing it, he was doing it so he could go to sleep, <laughs> which one doctor said that's, that's like taking chemotherapy because you want, don't want to shave your head anymore. You know, that's, that was the old Robin Williams line. But 
Um, but they, then they, they take you in, you're face down on a table, and they use an x-ray machine and a very, very fine needle to deliver anti-inflammatory medicine to the nerves that are inflamed around the herniated disc. And that's, that's the theory behind it. Uh, like I said, sometimes people get one shot and everything's great. Mine is going to take uh, more than one, unfortunately. I hate to hear that, man. I was hoping you're – I try not to ask you every day. You know, I've texted you a right. couple times mm -hmm. asking. But it's one of those things you're like, thanks for asking, but now you're making me think about my back pain. <laughs> oh, so. trust me. I've been thinking about back pain for the last 10 weeks or so. So, uh, yeah, so that, that's kind of what's, what's going on here. I'm just happy to be home, really. Um, yeah, home, I mean, home is underrated. It's know? very yeah. much underrated. I, I enjoy being here. I mean, you know, Rodeo Drive is nice, but this is, is home. So what, what about you? What's going on? Uh, two or three good things, and then we'll get to all the grievances for the rest of the extended grievance episode. <laughs> oh, okay. I think. Um, That's what we're going to call it, the extended grievance episode. It could be an annual tradition for us. <laughs> right around Festivus. I love it. I just got back from Gateway Personnel here in Memphis, did a session. I loved it. So shout out to my good buddy, Garen Haddad, for having me again uh, the other night. I think it was, Pete, I think it was Wednesday or maybe mm -hmm. it was Tuesday. I did a keynote at the Peabody for the UT University of Tennessee Extension mm -hmm. program. Yeah, saw the photos. Great yeah. people. Mm -hmm. Matt Devereaux, thank you guys. Already got the invite to do it again next year. I'm assuming it won't be in Memphis, but... Look forward to doing that. And then the fall foliage. We were talking about how beautiful it is this time of year. Yeah, it is. I, I, fall is my favorite time of year. I love sweater weather. I love the fact that, uh, you know, the, the, the trees turn color. and uh, just feels cleaner and crisper outside. It does. It does. You don't need three showers a day like you do, like you do during a Memphis summer. So that's, what, so that's what's going on. So that, that's fairly brief and to the point. So, uh before we get to grievances, and for those of you who are maybe listening to us for the first time, <laughs> the, yeah. we're sorry. First we're of sorry. All, a preemptive apology. Yeah, we're, we're 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 glad you're here. Really, truly, we're glad that you're here. Um, but we do talk about. We do make some recommendations, and yes, we do air grievances. There will be a mindful moment, and uh, talk about other things that uh, that are going on. Uh, in the world, talking about things that are going on in the world. What's what's wrong with Draymond Green of the Golden oh, State my Warriors? Ah. Yeah, yeah, it's just that's yeah. He's the least of my issues now, but he is an issue. He he is he is an issue. I just someone had on X, formerly the artist formerly known as Twitter, uh, his greatest highlight reel, and it was all fights and chokes and bites and yeah. kicks to the growing area. Yeah, so he's you know the, he's he's just ugh, he man. he's he's the 21st century Dennis Rodman because Dennis Rodman Rodman was better though Rodman. Was it well? He, I mean, world class he, he, rebounder. Yeah, he was a world class rebounder. But Draymond does a lot of things defensively, and in terms of a distributor of the basketball, he's he's really really good. But I think that is over going to be overshadowed by the fact that he just seems to be a first class knucklehead. Someone had a great post on on that platform that said something to the effect: Steve Kerr has criticized everybody in the world except Draymond Green. It it is amazing. I know a number of people with with the Golden State Warriors organization and the rationalizations they have to protect. Draymond Green. He's really a wonderful guy. Maybe, is he really? I mean, <laughs> I, well, you know, the way that it, it, it's the acts of violence on the court that because if you and, and somebody made the point to me, we were chatting about this, that really Draymond Green could be he could be the next Charles Barkley 
once he retires. Mm-hmm. He's bright. He's opinionated. Uh, he's an incisive commentator. I uh, just think he's too vilified at this point. I couldn't watch him. I wouldn't want to. Well, just, yeah, that's that. That's the point. And the, and the point that I that was made in this conversation is like this guy is blowing it yeah. because he he yeah. could be the next Charles Barkley. But uh, where did he go? Stanford? No. Who? Draymond. Where did he? Play? Michigan State. Okay. Okay. My bad. Yeah. So. Anyway, uh, yeah, just got a got a got a vent on him, and it, yeah, the the enabling by the Golden State Warriors of Draymond Green's behavior and the rationalization that he's really really a good guy. Well, maybe he's a really good guy off the court when you just want to talk to him. But I'm sure Jeffrey Dahmer's parents thought he was a really good guy, <laughs> or Charles Manson's. So you know, <laughs> you had you had to go there. Um, you got let's uh, let's go to you for some uh, some recommendations. What's uh, what's top of your list right now? Wow, I, I've been stewing so much in my grievances and my anger and my old man bitterness. I haven't really put together any recommendations other than uh, last weekend I went for a really nice hike. I haven't been in a long time here in Memphis uh, to Shelby Farms mm-hmm. on the Yellow Trail. Mm-hmm. It was just beautiful, and mm-hmm. it reminds me I need to get out more often. Also spent a little time in the park at Chickasaw Gardens. Okay. You ever done that park? I have not done that. Little bitty park, but very picturesque, especially this time of year. I recommend to people go to scenic nature areas and just get outside, get away from the phone for a little bit and de-stress and get a little bit of movement. There's some beautiful areas in our city that you can go to. Shelby Forest is another one out in Millington. Yeah. It is one of the things I think that, we need more of, and I think part of the reason why we have gotten so angry as a society is because we have our noses stuck in our phones and we don't spend enough time with nature. I'm not saying that you have to be Thoreau and, you know, you got to walk around Walden Pond and, you know, you have to, you know, wander through the woods forever, but still. Barefoot like RFK on a plane. Yeah, you don't, you don't need to do that. But I think just to get out in nature and to get some fresh air and to see the beauty of the trees and leave the phone in the car or leave the phone at home. I think that's, I think that's a, that's a very, that's a very solid recommendation. And well, my- we, we talked about a book, Pete, in one of our earlier episodes called the nature fix that mm-hmm. gets into all of this mm-hmm. the benefits from a psychological and emotional perspective, how this helps us. It lowers our blood pressure, drops our heart rate, just makes us feel better Yeah, to get a little bit of oxygen to our brain, a little bit of clean air, a bit of movement. And just to sort of uh, immerse our senses into nature. Yeah, I, I would I would certainly agree with that. And that's one of the things that is most annoying about this this back issue right now. Is normally I'd walk like three or four miles a day, and the neighborhood around here is very well treated. It's very nice, very quiet. And if I have a little bit more time, I will go to the Green Line, off of Wolf River. But with my back hurting as badly as it has, I haven't been able to do that, and uh, and that's rather frustrating. Um, we're going to get to. Um, my recommendation is along, kind of along the same lines, but I think, and what I would urge people is to be an advocate for your own health care. This is something that, you know, it's, I think about my parents and I think about their generation, which was you go to a doctor, the doctor is God, the doctor tells you something and you follow what the doctor says. You never question the doctor, you just do what they say and hopefully everything works out. The fact of the matter is, Doctors, by and large, are extremely intelligent people. But medicine is still kind of an inexact science. It depends. Well, yeah. Hence the word practice right. medicine. Right. right. So, 
you know, you tell a doctor about this particular ailment and they may be able to diagnose it correctly. They may misdiagnose it and not because of ignorance, but just because the way people report pain, they report discomfort, you know, sensations or whatever. It may not be accurate. It's really important, though, that you that you advocate for your for your own care. And I, I use the example of my mother because my mother had seen the same doctor for a number of years. He retires. He turns over his, his practice to a younger doctor who is not from the United States. And there's nothing against immigrants, but he ha there was a language barrier. And so, but my, my mom was always frustrated because really couldn't communicate with him, couldn't ask questions, get answers. And I said, Mom, you, you need to find somebody that you can really communicate with. This is too important. And, you know, well, you know, I don't know. Nobody likes their doctor, and so I don't know where to go, and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. I don't know that the fact that she stayed with his doctor, you know, really made a difference in the long run other than her quality of life was maybe not what it should be. So what I say to people is that you do need to find a doctor that you can talk to. You do need to find specialists that you can talk to, somebody that you can go for a second opinion, because I think second opinions are incredibly valuable. Because again, doctors, it can be inexact. Doctor, my elbow hurts. Why? Well, I don't know. Yeah, well, okay, now try and diagnose it. And also for people that of a certain age, as we are, things are going to break down. <laughs> they, 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 they just are. It, it's just the way of the world. And when you're in your 20s and 30s, the thought of an annual physical is why I feel fine. Yeah. When you get to be into your 40s and then into your 50s, uh, I am a big advocate for getting a screening colonoscopy as directed by doctors, which I think now it's, I think they start at 50. And going to a dermatologist as well once a year. I had a mole cut off and I was really surprised. They're like, we need you back every year now. Nothing serious, thank goodness. But, right. Um, you're right. We're kind of at the age now. I get reminded frequently, though. Do you about your age now? I'm just now at the age where people are starting to mess with me a bit. I'm 58. I know you're yeah. around my, my age. I'm not going to give because you're a famous uh, NBA TV <laughs> yeah, guy. Right, but, yeah. like, um, are you getting a little bit of that? The <laughs> Now, I wouldn't say ageism, but just, like, just busting my you-know-what. The, 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 funny the funny thing is people ask me how old I am, and I tell them, and it's like, you can't be that yeah, old. Yeah, you have that going on for you. I, I, do, I do still have I still have some boyish charm, <laughs> I'd like to think. Um, so yeah. you're saying I look old? No, I, I, no, I, no, I wouldn't, wouldn't have But I get it. it. It's funny, you know, a little bit. But, uh, but you, you do get to this age, and you do need to take care of things, and I think you need to be more diligent in order to maintain your quality of life. Because everybody talks about, well, I want to retire someday. When I want to retire, I want to go fishing, or I want to go traveling, et cetera, et cetera. If you don't take care of yourself in your 40s and 50s, the 60s and 70s and 80s, if you're blessed enough to live that long, are not going to be very That's good. That's why I started walking again you know, six months ago with the steps and all that. You're right. It's not so much that it makes me feel... It does make me feel a little bit better now, but mm -hmm. it's about planning down the road. You, know? you, don't, you don't want to be fixated from a mindfulness perspective on... I can't wait to retire. And then you're kind of wishing your life away. You're not being in the moment. But to your point, you need to be equipped, so to speak, for it. Yeah. And I always think of the example of Vince Lombardi. Vince Lombardi was having some, some symptoms. And they said, Coach, you need a colonoscopy. Now, of course, this was 1970. So colonoscopies were probably a whole lot different than they are now, <laughs> which they're, the prep is no fun. The procedure is a piece of cake. 
Um, and his famous line was, nobody's going to stick a tube up my ass. Yeah. And, of course, he died. Back then, they probably did it with tree bark or something, I would imagine. <laughs> he had to but, go. Yeah. But, but, but the bottom line, he's, he, he died a very, very painful death because he, he would not, he would wanted nothing to Just do with diagnosis. Just put me out and stick stuff up my ass. I'm fine with it. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Whatever, whatever you need if to do. If it's done from a medical perspective. perspective yes. Not for pleasure or whatever. Yeah. But I mean, and, and, and this, is, this, is, this is why I, I feel so strongly about this because, again, we're both at an age. You're 58, I'm 59. We're both at an age where you really do need to take care of this stuff. And, and, if a listener is 30 years old, we're just we're just telling you stuff's going to happen. Stuff's <laughs> not going to work the way that it used to. So just take care of yourself now because it's 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 like investing. So now we've talked about backache, having a mole cut off and <laughs> sticking stuff up our asses. We're good. Good night, people. Good. <laughs> is that, we've you, run the whole gamut. Listen, we haven't even gotten to the grievances yet. Listener, aren't you glad you checked into this? Episode 14, do, by the way. We speak for a living in our respective professions. That's a scary part. I know, but so. it, it's, it's, it, it's worked out. All right. Um, you, sir, already primed the pump by saying that you I've just needed got a, some extended grievances. All the, I'm not even going to let you get that out of your mouth before I start. There is so much going on now in the world. Mm-hmm. You've got to... A couple of things, uh, if you would sort of let me imbibe a little bit. Um, yeah, you're halfway through the beer already. I know. You're, you're, I, you're, I know. You're, you, you are can ready tell to I roll. needed that. We haven't done this in a while. I needed that. Yeah. One is the letter from Obama. Uh, Obama, I'm sorry. Bin Laden. <laughs> that, that was terrible. Very definitely I actually guy. liked Obama. So first of all, from it's the half beer. You yeah. tell him a cheap drunk. Bin Laden, it's gone viral now, uh, an open letter to America. And people are championing his letter. This is a a terrorist. He was a terrorist, obviously, before we killed him. Thank goodness. Killed 3,000 people, 3,000 Americans. But now we have some Generation Zers, the same who are protesting in favor of Hamas, a terrorist organization, are reading his letter. Have you seen this? I have not seen his on letter. On TikTok and X and saying that they empathize and agree with a lot of what he had to say. He would want them dead, Pete. Yeah. I don't I just I don't get this. All this misinformation and disinformation on social media has really brainwashed a lot of our youth, especially sort of college age kids. You see it in these uh you know, they have these uh, protests all over it's very anti-semitic it's it's anti-american a lot of their great grandfathers probably died in world war ii defending this country and you know me i'm not like some kind of patriot wear the flag guy rah rah love trump i'm not i'm not that at all but it's really disturbing how stupid so many people are now with this particular issue when Osama bin Laden is being hailed as a brilliant mind by thousands in our society, it's a real issue. It's sort of social justice psychosis that a lot of these folks have. They just want to fight the fight and have a cause, and they're dumb. They haven't researched it, and uh, I want to I want to chalk it up to stupidity or. They're very naive instead of they're evil people. I hope that's what the case is, that they're young and dumb. Yeah. That, but I'm not sure. You know? Yeah, because if you're talking about college-age kids, they were probably, they were not at the age of reason 
on 9-11. But were they not taught history in grade school? But how many people will tell you 9-11 was an inside job? That's true. I mean, it is... I really think the decline of Western civilization, you can definitely parallel it to the internet. As a society, it's really made us stupid, especially to people that are emotionally vulnerable or not very bright. That sounds like a real elitist thing to say, I know, but... But, but, but you know, I mean, you're an, you're an educator, and one of the things that we have lost in our society is the ability to think critically let alone rationally, and everybody wants some type of crazy explanation for things when sometimes it's just a simple explanation, as in Osama bin Laden hated the United States, hated what it stood for, hated its freedoms, and so therefore he wanted to attack it, and he wanted to try to bring it to its knees by destroying. I mean, let's, let's not forget, I mean, they actually they had a plane that was targeted for the White House Supported, and for the yeah. Capitol. Yeah, and 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 it, and it wasn't just the World Trade Center. And so, if you think that this, you know, that that he he is some figure that is worthy of praise because he wanted to destroy our country, uh, he hates all of our ideals and morals and sort of social fabric in this country. And what really gets me is, you see things like. Queers for Palestine or Hamas. Like, really? I, we've got a lot of gay friends. Right. Nothing about that. I don't have any problem with any of them. I love everybody. But, like, you would be dead over there. What are you? Who are you rooting for? You're rooting against your own biological interest? Like, it just, this whole issue just kind of blows my mind how stupid some of these people are. Or... You know, in D.C., there's footage uh, online of an African-American group doing the Heil Hitler sign. Mm -hmm. You're not an Aryan in Hitler's eyes. You would be dead. Like, it yeah. makes no sense Yeah, to you me. were not part of the master race. So, you would have been exterminated yeah, with, with, with the Jews and the Catholics. It's just, it, it, it makes no sense to me how stupid some of these people are. I don't know if they want, if, they're, if it's attention-seeking behavior or if they're naive or dumb or a combination or narcissistic but uh, it's it's just maddening. Yeah, it's it's almost it's almost like a cry for help. Like there was another viral video of a woman allegedly losing her mind on an airplane, and she's smiling through the whole rant that she was being human trafficked. And it's like yeah. narcissism is a terrible thing that's going on now, brought on by social media as well. Everybody wants to feel important in their own way. But you know, there was that misquote. For years, we thought people our age thought that Khrushchev said, I don't have to bury America. They're going to eventually bury themselves. Mm -hmm. A little research will show that he didn't actually say that, but the sentiment is correct. I think the Chinese, the Russians, and I'm not a conspiracy theorist, they're sort of helping this sow this discord in society from a socialization perspective, but also we're doing it to ourselves. And they're seeing this and they're manipulating it and... They're all going to, they're winning the war. To have people protesting in this country for jihadism is the dumbest thing I've ever seen. With, without a doubt. Without that's a, just my first grievance. All right, that's just, that's just number one. Can I do number two? Go, go for it. Because I'm on a, let me take a sip. Hold on one second, listener. Yeah, go, go ahead. 
Hit, crime hit, in Memphis. Hit the zip and pivot one more time. Cri- cri- crime in Memphis. Oh yeah, shooting so, it, shooting in the in the uh, parking lot of Top Golf, which has been open for like three so, weeks. So we finally got a Top Golf. One of the coolest things in the world, entertainment wise, I've heard. Mm-hmm. I was really ready to go and check it out. There's already been a shooting there. There was the young PhD researcher who moved from New York. He was shot and killed a couple days ago in front of his wife and I believe his two year old baby. Mm-hmm. There is footage from only a couple days ago, crowds of people breaking into convenience stores, stealing stuff, UPS trucks getting ransacked. Memphis, we need to get our stuff together. A nice way to put it. These corporations are going to start leaving our town and the tax base in this city is already shrinking. I don't know if it's time to call the National Guard in, but it is terrible. It, it is terrible. And to think that a couple of young people accosted this PhD from St. Jude and he gave them what they asked for and that was still not enough. Yeah. And then to murder somebody in cold blood in front of their wife and child. Was he, he was in his 30s, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. And I want to say he yeah. was uh, Russian and yeah. had, had, yeah. had come here. and Nice part of downtown, too. It wasn't like he was in some sketchy neighborhood. No. No. I, I think we're to the point now where there are no safe neighborhoods anywhere. And Topgolf is literally, I think, th- like three blocks from the Germantown city limit. So, it, again, it's not in this really, really horrible part of town. But... It, it really has forced me to rethink. And now with darkness falling earlier, it's like, I don't want to go out to eat mm-hmm. at night. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we even had the situation of the Hueys on Aaron Way where somebody had a beef with somebody that worked there and decided to, you know, shoot up Hueys. I mean, it's just, and, and I don't know, is it strictly the poverty? Is it the sense of helplessness? Is it the prevalence and the easy availability of guns? I'm not exactly sure. I think it's all the above. I think it's the education. I think in some regards it could be lack of parenting or parental control it's systemic poverty but we can't keep making excuses none of that makes you someone kind of grab a gun and start shooting part of it is it's become so pc too so for one of these crimes uh, i was listening to a story on the news and they described the assailant as 5'10 and dark hair okay so was he caucasian was he asian was he African-American? Was he Hispanic? We're so PC. You're, why even bother giving part one-tenth of the description by saying he was 5'10 and had dark hair? Like, who cares? Yeah. Part of it is we are so racially polarized in this town, and it's used as an excuse, and we got to get over that. It's held us back. You look at other similar, not even similar anymore, but cities like Atlanta. 40, 50 years ago, we were the same size. You know, we've got to do something in Memphis to figure this out. Part of it is, I think, judicial reform. We've got to hold these violent criminals accountable and not let them out after a year or two. Yeah, and, and to also deal with those that are might be dealing with mental issues as yes. well in the commission of violent crimes. Now, what Paul Young is going to do as the mayor-elect, I have absolutely no idea. But where we are now is not tenable. It is not a situation that, if, if it continues, yeah, you're right. I mean, companies are like companies aren't going to come to Memphis, and and Memphis is going to be branded around the country as a city that is extremely dangerous 
The crime rate is soaring. Insurance rates are, you got to be kidding me, ridiculous because of all the carjackings and the thefts and, and, and all that. And you know, look, it, it would be hard if you are a, and if you are a company that is staying in Memphis and you are recruiting somebody and you're offering somebody a job and they're going to like, hmm, job in Memphis. Hmm. We've worried about that at Lausanne. It hasn't, I mean, we're, I'm biased, but we are the number one ranked school in the state of Tennessee, by the way. Thank you very much. But we've never had problem. We, we recruit teachers internationally, but we've had this discussion at the lunch table. What are we going to do? If this happens and, and these good teachers don't want to come to Memphis, yeah, and even I, to work at a great place like Lausanne. And, and the other th troubling thing, Greg, is that we've not really heard anything from the mayor's office or from the mayor-elect's office about exactly what you're going to do about it. Like, yes, we need to address crime. Well, no kidding. How are you going to address it? And I'd like to see somebody come up with some type of concrete plan to address it or otherwise the city really is uh, is in a very, very difficult position. I agree. I think, like I said, you have to start somehow with judicial reform and holding the, the criminals, you know, accountable and kind of going from there. It's a complex issue. But a lot of times I think we're blinded by it because we get into the cause. Okay, what causes it? And there's no quick fix to all these causes. It's gotten to the point it's so bad. I was at the brass door watching Arsenal, we missed you again this past weekend, and someone was talking about the city edition jerseys for the Grizzlies. Right. Mm -hmm. And they said Memphis has gotten so violent, maybe they should have bullet holes and, and, and blood splashed on the that's city. I'm like, wow, that's sad, sad commentary. That's harsh. Yeah, it, it is harsh. Yeah, it's uh, Memphis has so many wonderful people and so many wonderful things that happen, and yet it is counterbalanced by the level of violent crime, which is tens of percentage points above the national average. It's terrible. It is. Um, any more grievances from you? I think that's it. Okay. I want to I want to get them all out. I want to purge myself before Thanksgiving week coming up. So then you can give thanks. And show gratitude and be grateful and be around loved ones and okay. eat a lot of turkey. I, uh, I have a grievance. And it is very superficial. I feel almost embarrassed to share it after we've been talking about crime and all the other things that are going on here in the city. But one of the things that I've, I've noticed, and it was particularly brought home in Beverly Hills the last week. So when you go to a restaurant now and they all have the, I, I forget what, acorn or, or whatever the um, clover, I think, is, is the thing where you tap your credit card. Mm -hmm. Okay. It immediately pops up about a tip, okay? And they can program whatever percentages they want in that program. I went to a place called Parakeet Cafe. A, Parakeet Cafe. A, a healthy breakfast Sound, spot. Sounds it. So, um, Some chia seeds and yogurt. They, they, had, they, yogurt had, and they had a lot of that, but I, I had to go with a Belgian waffle. <laughs> sounds very healthy. Which was, which was covered in fruit and Nutella and granola. And so I got that and a cold brew coffee and you, you know, you, you tap your card and it pops up and it's immediately the tip options are 18%, 22%, 25% or custom tip. Now, in the main, if I'm at a full service restaurant and I get good service, I will tip you 25%. Okay. But if it's a place where you don't do, where they don't do anything, it makes no sense. 
I walk up, I give my order. The young woman takes my order, rings it up, tap your card. You didn't wait on the table. You, you know, you brought the food out, which was like a 10 foot walk from the kitchen to my table. And you want me to pay you. And you know, the other thing too, is in we're in Beverly Hills. So a waffle and a coffee was like $30. Okay. So you want me basically to give you $6 for not doing anything. And like I said, normally I'm a, I, I kind of tend toward being a bigger tipper because I understand the people that are working in the food service industry and in these restaurants, probably not making a lot of money. But immediately, they program at 18, 22, and 25%. So they're really trying to urge you. That's ridiculous. To really do this. Now, I've been in other places. There's a donut shop here in Memphis that I go periodically. And when you, when you go to that particular shop, the baseline is like 10%. Because all they're doing is leaning over the bakery case and pulling out a donut and putting it in a bag. My friends from the UK who come over here, they do not understand the concept of tipping for that very reason. Because most of the places they go to... They go up to the bar, they get a drink, and then they're same type of thing. Yeah. It's like, what am I tipping for? Yeah, I don't what, get it. Yeah, what what service did you give me? Now, conversely, I went with my, my cousin Adam, who's also a podcaster. Uh, we had dinner in Beverly Hills. Well, now we have a server who is telling us about the recommendations, about the specials of the day, wine pairings. Okay, you're going to get 20% plus. Deservedly so. Because you actually did something for, for us and... Uh, it, it's why, uh, honestly, it's it's why I love going to, to Europe. You don't have to tip. Yeah, it's I, just pay these folks yeah. more. They're hardworking folks. They they deserve more than the you know they're getting. Yeah, like, I, I would I would gladly pay a higher sticker price, higher I'm menu with, price. I'm with you. I'm with you. I don't want to. It's a shtick. It's like a game. It's always a guessing. What do I tip? Yeah. And what it, you know. Well, now now that now at the bottom of the receipt they have the very helpful computations. You know, eighteen percent is this, twenty percent is this, twenty two percent is this, twenty five percent is it's this. So they don't have to pay them a decent wage. Exactly. It exactly. all sets what they pay them. Obviously. Yeah. So it's. So like I said, it, that is a very very superficial grievance given some of the other things that are going on in the world, but. Um, but there it is. Your your meal in Beverly Hills. Oh, at the man. Rusty Parrot. What was it? The no no no. The Parakeet Cafe. Parakeet Cafe. There are I'm Parakeet sorry. cafes all over the state of California. They're very well. I mean, I mean, the, the the meal was good. I'm not judging you, man. No no no. Sounds good. Sounds like the type of place I would go actually. Yeah, so. and 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 there are many with uh, with what is it? The Akai bowls. You know? No, Asahi. Asahi? Asahi. See, that, that yeah. just goes to show how little I know about all this very, very... I'm making fun of you, and I'm he- the health- type that would frequent that place. Hel- so healthful stuff. Um, all right, we've, we've done our grievances. Uh, we've, we've bemoaned all the things that are going wrong in, in the world. So please, please take us, Mr. Graber, to a mindful moment. We need it in the worst way possible. So not to sound negative, but I want to build a little bit on what we talked about. I think it was in the last episode about how your tribe is your vibe. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting when we interact with people, and especially if we meet someone for the first time, we have an intuitive feeling in our gut. They call that the gut brain. A lot of the time we know we can sort of sense the energy from other people Mm -hmm. and we fail to listen to our bodies and our minds. But one thing that I think is interesting and sort of deserves a little bit of attention is not everyone who acts as a friend really has our best intentions at heart. Mm -hmm. So sort of my, my mindfulness thing would be, 
it's really good, productive, healthy, and nice to be friendly to everyone, but just know that not everyone is always your friend. And I don't have a beef going on with anyone right now. That's not where... No sub, is, there's no subtext no, here. Not at all. But um, we need to listen to our guts and our hearts and our minds and, and know that Schadenfreude, how do you say it? Schadenfreude. Exists. Mm-hmm. See, I can say Asahi, but not when it comes to food. <laughs> um, and it's just something to keep in mind. Yeah. You know, we don't need to let too many people into our inner circles, people that we hold dearly and trust and, and confide in. It's good to be generous to people and to be kind and loving, but we don't have to be fully vulnerable and think that everyone is our friend at heart. You do not have to be a doormat. Exactly. Listener, schadenfreude is the German word, which means that you take pleasure in the misfortune of others. There are a lot of those people in, in the South, in Memphis in particular. Bless their hearts. Or nice, nasty. Yeah. Oh, she's yeah. nice, nasty. Yeah, yeah. Or, or they but, give you the stink eye. Yeah, or bl- oh, bless their heart. You know, I'll get that every now and then. Like, oh, is your house sold yet? You know my house hasn't sold. Mm-hmm. Why are you asking me that? Yeah. You're, you, you don't really care. You're kind of taking satisfaction in it, you know. It's it, right. Yeah, it, it's nice to find people that don't have an agenda. Or how's the how are the Grizzlies playing, Pete? Everybody knows, right, right, how they're doing right now. Well, not, not everybody. Like, There's some people who who who, who there are some misguided people who don't watch our telecasts. You know, it, it does happen from from time to time. Um, but you know, it, let me let me piggyback on that a little bit. And this is a story I've told to a lot of people, but I've never told it on this podcast. I knew Zach Randolph when he was drafted by the Portland Trailblazers at 19 years of age because I was with the Portland Trailblazers when Zach Randolph was drafted. And I was there for Hoop Family and the Guns and all the other things. Jailblazers. The Jailblazers and Zach uh, very conveniently making a stop at a strip club on his way to the airport when he was on bereavement leave. And Maybe that's how he processes stress. Could be. Could be. Could be. But be that as it may... um, you know, and of course, Zach Randolph had a checkered past before he got to Memphis, and I think everybody everybody knows that, and, and Zach would certainly admit that himself. But one of the moments when I knew that Zach had really matured as a person was we were doing an MBA Read to Achieve an event at a grade school here in Memphis, and I was, you know, I was there kind of sort of as an MC, and Zach knew me, you know, for a number of years, and we had gotten along real well, and it turned out that there was a competition among the students who would read the most books. And whoever read the most books, their prize, their honor, would be to interview Zach Randolph in front of the entire student body. And so this young, young man, you know, sixth grader, seventh grader, whatever, he, uh, his first question to Zach Randolph is, Zach, what's the hardest thing about being a black athlete? Wow. And I'm thinking like, you know, what kind of answer is Zach going to give? Is it going to be like some fluff answer or whatever? And... Zach said, the most important thing to remember is that people who say you're, they're your friends, they're not always your friends. He lived it. He lived it. He really and truly did because that was the big issue with Zach when he was in Portland and I think other stops in his career is that there were a lot of hangers-on from Marion, Indiana who said, hey, we were, we were your boys when you were nothing, and now that you're in the NBA, you owe us because we are still with you and we were with you at the beginning. And... That's what led to the whole hoop family and the guns and the jewelry and, 
you know, all the all the bad behavior in Portland. And to see Zach understanding that whole dynamic that you know people are around you why are they around you and that's particular it's particularly hard for people who have a, a, a certain level of fame about mm-hmm. them mm-hmm. the people that are part of your orbit or people that want to be in your orbit are they there because they like you or are they there because you can do things for them why are those people there and it's interesting you say that Pete because I had Zach's daughter. I was her middle school principal years ago, and I had other Grizzlies kids there. And it's not just for the Grizzly players, but even their kids. Mm-hmm. People wanted to be, other students wanted to be friends with them just because of who their parents were as well. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah, and, and it's, it, it is something that you really do have to be discerning. Okay, why are these people here? You don't want to be a cynic. No, not you, at all. You, you don't want to be you don't want to be that guy all the time. But by the same token, trust but verify type. Yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. That was always my that was always my mom's thing. Like, why does this girl like you? Is it because of you know? <laughs> that always make could, that builds your confidence. Yeah, when yeah, yeah. That, right? You know, it's like, hey, do they just like you because you happen to be a TV announcer? What's what's mom? Thanks. Come on, man. Well, my mom would just shout in the living room. Does does that whore's mother know she's out right now? So it's good. Ooh, it's good stuff. Wow, we could do a whole episode on that. Kind well, of that that thing. that is way harsh. Yeah. Wow. It's my mom. So there, there, there's your mindful moment, folks. Hope you, hope you enjoyed it. Uh, so what, what you got going on until the next time we sit down and record? I'm going to chill out next week. I'm not going anywhere. I was going to go to Gardner-Webb to work with their men's basketball team, but we're going to move some dates around. I just kind of want the week off at home to chill out for Thanksgiving. Um, that's about it. You? Let's see. Uh, so we fly to San Antonio, play in San Antonio on Saturday, play Boston at home on Sunday. Monday is off and nerve block number two. Let's hope this one does let's, the trick. Let's hope this one uh, takes care of everything. And then fly back to Texas because, you know, consecutive trips to Texas, you know, because the NBA, why not? We'll fly to Houston on Tuesday, play in Houston on Wednesday night, before the day before Thanksgiving. My and- least favorite city. Houston? Yes. And I'm sorry, Ryan, but you live in the Woodlands, not Houston. So Yeah, the Woodlands is it's a, like big, a totally different big place. Big difference. Big difference. It's just hot, crowded, a lot of concrete. It's just uh, rush hour is terrible. Outside of NASA, yeah, I, I, I would tend to agree with you on that. So, yeah, so Thanksgiving Day, uh, just going to chill. And then actually we have a day, we have a, we have a game on uh, Black Friday against Phoenix. Then we're here for a couple more games. And so I'm just looking for... Looking forward to a nice stretch of being at home and uh, no long road trips. So two two quick road trips and a nerve block. And um, huh, I think that, 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 pretty much, uh, that pretty much wraps it up. No air travel stories, but I would like to give not a shout-out, but a criticism to there was a clip that went viral on X I saw where uh, – Famous, apparently, I didn't know who she was. Gospel singer, did <laughs> you see Apparently famous? Yeah. I, no. I... Stood up, she wants to sing her gospel song because the Lord was telling her to do so. A very nice but professional Delta airline attendant, a man, asked her to sit down. She was causing a ruckus. Finally, they got, a, got her to sit down uh, because... They threaten to throw her off the plane. I don't want to hear anyone sing on a plane. No. Gospel, rock and roll, 
soul, I don't care what kind of music. No. Goes back to the narcissistic tendencies that we have that are rampant in society. Yeah. Shout out to flight attendants for all the trash they have to put up with. I just can't, yeah. They need a pay raise. I don't know what they make. I would assume it's not enough for what they have to deal with. No, no. Did you speaking while I was speaking of viral videos on airplanes? Did you see the um, American Airlines captain who uh, it was his final flight? I I scrolled by it. Do I need to look at it? I didn't look at it. It's it's it it's, looked like it was pretty cool. I just it's just really cool. There's an American Airlines captain and he's flying and he says, "Hey, normally uh, I just sit in the cockpit and hit the PA button." He's standing up in front of the entire passenger crowd you know like in row two or whatever and he's saying you know all these people in the back this is all my family this is this is my final flight oh they're on the flight they're they're on the flight yeah yeah they're on the final flight i don't know where i don't know the origination of the flight but they're flying to o'hare uh (laughs) you know how i feel about i know how you feel about o'hare yes how about the video of I, i referenced it earlier in this episode rfk jr on an american airlines flight walking around barefoot then he goes into the bathroom barefoot. Barefoot on an airplane is never acceptable. In an period. airplane End bathroom takes it to a whole new level, right? That takes me to a place I don't even want to think about. Again, airplanes are the buffet of bad human behavior, and I stick to that. Yes, yes. I, uh, no, no denying that. So that is a wrap for episode number 14 of Live a Little, this crazy little podcast about everything and nothing. He's Greg Graber, educator and mindfulness Guru, I'm Pete Pranica, TV voice of the at the moment two and nine Memphis Grizzlies, unfortunately, and the very injured Memphis Grizzlies. This program comes to you from the global galactic headquarters of Pranica Media in East Memphis. We do not have an editor, we do not have an engineer, we do not have a technician. We do this all ourselves at the table with a couple of beers today. Zip and Pippin from Ghost River Brewing. He's Greg Graber. I'm Pete Pranica. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget rate review we'll see you on itunes and all popular podcasting platforms mr graber cheers